What's the situation on used machinery? Are prices going up? Did interest rates have an impact on this? And if you're considering buying, should you do that now or should you wait? These are just some of the discussions we're going to cover in this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, thanks for joining us for another fantastic episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. We've got Jeff Willie on here with Dumas, I'm sorry, Dua's Auctions uh, uh, Service out of Wellman, Iowa. Jeff and I uh, were in Iowa together uh, this past weekend, and we were discussing uh, the job that he does working in the auction business. And I said, you know what? What's going on with uh, iron? Uh, A few years ago, we talked about how you couldn't even get stuff. And then the whole pandemic. And then there was supply chain problems. And then you couldn't get parts, but also you couldn't get new stuff. So there's been kind of a a marketplace and turmoil from an outsider's perspective. Admittedly, you that are listening to this probably buy more farm machinery than I do. I have a Kubota 47 horse utility tractor and some attachments that go on the back of it. So admittedly, you're probably closer to it. And obviously, Jeff is the expert here, not me. That's why I said, let's come on the air and let's talk about this. So in a nutshell, hasn't it been kind of, um, ag got really good um in the last couple of years so there's money that usually means that machinery farmers like to spend and update machinery when they make money uh also we had a bit of a turmoil in the place where in the marketplace where there was stuff not being available so kind of take me over the last couple of years of what's going on then we'll get to actual trends right now in terms of uh the money prices. sure right yeah thanks damien uh yeah you're right you touched on a lot of it uh Back when the pandem- pandemic hit, you know, we couldn't get things. Uh, guys were getting what they could get and what they needed to get by with. I had a neighbor that uh, was wanting a brand new quad track tractor, couldn't get it, went to a year old uh, quad track and uh, with low hours on it. Uh, yeah, things are things on the used side are doing really well, are selling Still. really well. Still, and by the way, we're recording. We're recording this uh, first week of August in 2023. So depending on when you listen to it, you might say, oh, that sounds outdated. Well, right now, things are doing very well, you're telling me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, and, and the bottom line on the farm and, on farmers is, you know, they're going to watch their bottom line. And the interest rates right now have crept up through the bank, but also the the companies, the big manufacturers are not offering that attractive of interest rates for new equipment to buy for, from them. They used to be, but that's not the way it is right now. So farmers, of course, if you can buy a five to eight-year-old tractor that you can get the technology in it that you want, and uh, if you can buy that tractor at maybe three-quarters of the price of a new one, have less interest rate, that's going to help their bottom line. Or not less interest rate, but less interest to make their payments a little less. Yeah, the rate the rate remains the same. But if you have a if you're take if you're shaving a couple hundred thousand dollars, which really on these machines of today you might be shaving a hundred two hundred thousand dollars off of the price by grabbing a few years old. 
You bet. You bet. And that not only goes for tractors and combines, but uh, tillage and uh, and planters. I mean, it's a it's a thing where you know, like I said, the big thing these days, I think, or now, is is if you can get the technology you want on some of those things. And a lot of them can be retroactive onto some years or to some years. The other part I think about uh, on this on the used equipment is. You know, a lot of farmers don't want to have to deal with uh, the diesel fluid exhaust, exhaust fluid, or the DEF. DEF, uh, yeah. So, and they haven't dealt with that. So, yeah. So, answer me this: the DEF thing. I've heard this before. It's it's a real thing, and it's from equipment of a certain year and newer. You, but then if you have an older one, you don't have to fool with all that. It's an environmental thing. What's the year that? It, what's the when's the cutoff? I believe it's 2016, Damien. It was when that all took place. So we've been dealing with it for a while, and and that's probably what you know. It's about in that same area where the uh, the uh, used equipment has taken off. Uh, like I said, if they've never had to deal with it, they don't want to. Or if they do deal with it, they know what it's like, and they still don't want to. That props up the value then of. Uh, seven-year-old machines, but that's going to become less and less of a point as we get further away from the year 2016 uh, model year. So when we talk about the the interest rates, you know, we're talking about a doubling. And uh, I explain this all the time. And people say, oh, interest rates went up by 4%. No, the truth is they went up by 100%. In terms of if you yeah. look at money as a input if it was four percent money and now it's eight percent let's just say that's rough numbers that's a doubling of interest which means if you're buying a half million dollar piece of equipment or million dollar piece of equipment which there are farm machines that are million dollar piece of equipment you're talking yeah. about paying a heck of a lot more interest then you'd say well that should probably tend to prop up lesser priced stuff which means the used market but the used market was already going pretty damn gangbusters before the interest rate so take me kind of help me understand that well i you know i don't know if there was a time in there where maybe it was gonna tail off a little bit damien and we got into this situation or like i said the farmer just looking at that bottom dollar all the time that bottom line and saying hey you know why spend that half a million dollars on a combine I can get one here that's probably in that three to four hundred thousand dollar range and get set up. I can still get the technology I want, a low armored machine, and it'll still do what I was looking. I, I maybe there's better times. You know, a farmer's mentality is well, the next crop or the next year is always gonna be better. What you're seeing at these auctions, uh, there you are, you, you know, and I'm talking about machinery in particular. Let's not talk about household goods or, you know, selling the estate. Right. Yeah, the yeah. When yeah. we talk about this machinery, like you said, maybe it was going to taper off and then the interest rates put a fire back under it again. Wasn't there a time, I'm almost thinking like four years ago, there was a time when used combines were getting darn cheap because there was a glut of them and i remember someone telling me that but again i'm not in the auction ring like you are did did used combines go through a lull there a few years ago yeah and i i'm not sure what it was but they, and then that backed up the new combines you know there was a lot of guys buying those new machines running them for a year and then trade them in and get a new one and their payment would remain the same well some of the dealers couldn't move that one-year-old machine on the back side and that kind of hurt things. And they were making some pretty good deals. 
And again, they lowered their interest rate a little bit on that to make it more attractive for those one-year-old machines. And uh, that's that's where we ran into some problem on that end. What is slow? Uh, okay, so combines are not slow. You're telling me that in the used market, used combines are holding up well, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's slow? Tractors? Sprayers? Small Maybe. equipment? I would say sprayers because there's not a lot of guys that have got those self-propelled sprayers yet. I think those have came have backed off somewhat. Uh, but everything else seems to be going, you know, if you've got a, a used piece of equipment in your, in your shed and you want to, you want, you're thinking about either updating or maybe you don't need it anymore. I would say right now is an awful good time to be moving that on. Now, when I say used, good used, I mean, being able to pull it out of that shed, get a good cleaning, don't come around it with the rattle can spray can. Yeah. Well done it. You know, it's something that looks pretty good just in its everyday clothes. And that that'll that'll really I think you'll be satisfied with the prices it brings. Yeah. What about um the the reality that we're gonna make a little less money this year? You know, yes, last year was a record year uh at the farm gate. And so we're not gonna be in record, but we are projected to be in positive territory. Do you see a, a slowing or a cooling from last year? Did was there a whole bunch of people there at the end of the year trying to get rid of their 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 gains? Yeah, there probably there is some of that, but that's every year with a farmer. You know, they they're always they're always that way. I don't know is that this year is going to be any different. Uh, if it'll slow down, you know, maybe they'll that may help that used equipment again. It may bump that bottom line up. You know, bump that. The amount they'll pay for that used equipment bumped that up a little higher yet. We may see less variance between used, good used, and new equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it only takes two at an auction, and things get right. kind of crazy. Right. Well, you're talking about what you see in Iowa, which is obviously pretty good bellwether. What are you hearing from the other states? Is it different state to state, or is it kind of the same story? And I'm talking generally in the ag belt. Right, right. You know, from what I've been hearing, it's it's pretty good everywhere for the used equipment you know it, it depends on a little bit on weather now where i'm at in uh in central iowa east central iowa we're going through a little bit of a dry period now uh things may slow down back off a little bit that a little bit with that but i think going forward on any of the other places that have good weather the race will be on yeah, so if there's, a, if there's a little bit of a slowdown, I, I don't know this, and you probably do. If if we start in, say, 2024, 2025, see years that uh, and it happens, I've got a chart. I, I have a chart right over here, in fact, of the uh, farm income numbers, and it's pretty remarkable. You need to say, oh, well, we're not going to go back. I've got this chart right here, Jeff. And it's, I won't bore you, but I'm holding it up. If you're, if you're listening, driving down the road, know that I just put this graph up. But the point is, uh, this year we're projected to be $137 billion of farm revenue. We're $163 billion of farm income last year. And to put that in perspective, in just 2019, we were at less than half of that. In 2019, we were less than half of what we were in 2022. So it can change quickly. You know what I mean? So if we do something like that, if we go down to being like 
80 billion or 90 billion of farm revenue, farm income here in another couple of years, who gets hurt the most? Is it the used, the person that should have gotten their, sold their used stuff? Or is it the, is it the John Deere and the Case and the New Holland dealer down the road? You know, I think John Deere and Case, New Holland, they're all going to be okay if we go backwards a little bit. But I think they may cease a little bit of tightening of their belts a little bit. You know, their their quarterly reports may come back a little bit not so favor, favorable to them. Uh, you know, everything, I think everything will back down a little bit on that situation if that happens. When and if that happens, if anybody tells you they can predict that, I think they're selling you a bag of goods, but uh, yeah, you know, if it does, if it does, I think, I think the top end stuff, the, the more expensive stuff, again, being a farmer myself, uh, that's where we cut first, you know, we'll, we'll maybe do with it another year or look for something used, uh, it, again, good used equipment. Uh, one of the companies we work with is Fent and they're part of Agco and they, uh, you know, pretty advanced machines uh, over in Europe. The guy that rents my farmland is a dairyman and he was fast to adopt uh, the and bring fence over from Europe before they were even here in, in mass. At the used level, are you seeing more of that? I mean, are you seeing more of these uh, like European machines, maybe a Klaus or a Fent or something like that? Or uh, is there still a resistance? I know that obviously those people where you are probably really bleed green, but uh, there's some really good machines out there that aren't John Deere's. Yeah, yeah. And we do see a little bit in that in our area. Uh, we had a pretty good McCormick run there for a while we we do sell see a little bit of that and uh, you know there's some people that really enjoy it like the mccormick uh they're doing all right yeah i think you know we see a little bit of uh, the smaller brands the fent in our area like you said haven't hasn't been much yet uh mccormick uh massey seems to be making a little bit of a comeback on that end uh but uh yeah that that's about all we have around in this area you had advice for the person that says, okay, I need to buy stuff. What's your, if, if you were, if it's your money, what do you think right now? Here we are summer, late summer of 2023. And then the next year, you've got to make some equipment decisions. Do you pull the trigger now um, because it's going to get more expensive? Is there an inflationary uh, trend going on here or does it get more, or does it get more reasonable uh, moving forward because of uh, some market forces? What's your thought? Well, Damien, let's be one thing for sure before we go any further. I'm not a banker or an economist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never said I have, never will be. But I think, you know, with with uh, the, doing the auctions, the less competition is always more beneficial for you. So I think if you can see it coming down the road and can get something bought now, I think you'll be better off. However, and having said that, our, our uh, machinery markets or our machinery auctions haven't really started yet. You know, we're probably looking into that September, October, where, where we'll start getting a little busier with those. But, uh, you know, if you can get those bought, I think, before the end of the year, because I, I don't know about you, but I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> a lot of guys out there. Okay. Uh, Yes, yeah, so I want to ask you the, the last couple of remaining questions about uh, marketplace and your predictions. And we're going to do rapid fire. Before we do that, I want to I want to ask the listener: Do you know that uh, 
last year's corn stalks retain 80% of the potassium, 40% of the phosphorus, and 30% of the nitrogen that you applied to last year's corn crop. So the point is, what you're putting on your fields right now, what you put on in the fall, what you put on in the spring, what you're putting on in the summer, all of that is going to be tied up in all of your residue. So why don't you save money and boost your yields by extracting last year's fertility for this year's crop? How? You do that by applying extract to your residue. Extract is a product from Loveland Products. Visit Loveland Products or contact your local nutrient ag solutions representative basically you're just talking about getting the fertility that you've already spent the money on that's already in that residue and getting it back in an available source for this year's crop okay um you talked about categorically um and i want to see okay utility tractors and now that's obviously grown utility tractors used to be like 20 30 horsepower stuff now you're talking about 80 90 100 horsepower stuff utility tractors or something with a loader on it um hot or not hot Hot, and I think we'll remain that way because we've got a lot of people buying acreages, still do, and they're going to need that little tractor to clean the driveways in the winter and and do things that they may want to do around. So I think we're we're pretty good there. Okay, so yes. utility tractors, that's smaller scale utility tractors. Then right. we get into the bigger stuff that livestock people. There's less livestock in the countryside. There's the same number of livestock, but it's more consolidated. Did right. that take away demand for the larger loader tractors, or are they still hot? Well, like you said, they're 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 the same amount of head out there. It's just less people, so that means their operations are growing. They're going to need those bigger tractors with those bigger loaders and 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 stuff like that to to handle what they've got. We've okay, seen a little sure. bit of uh, interest on end loaders, uh, you know, the articulated steering end loaders. And that's that's kind of a new category that's kind of coming into the ag market. You're, you're talking about like something that would resemble almost a small payloader, as we used to call yes. it? Yes. Yeah. End loader, payloader. Yeah. It kind of depends on where you're at in the country, what you'd call it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be for mostly livestock type operations. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Okay. Then speaking of, you know, scale, I know a bunch of farmers that in the old days would have never had this. Now they have some excavating equipment because they do the, all their own, they manage their own drainage. They do their own fixes and, and tile work, et cetera. On the farm market, are you seeing, you know, excavators, mini excavators and that kind of equipment come through? I would think that there's, it's getting bought and sold somewhere. Yeah, many excavators have been hot now for, I would say, three to five years, for the last three to five years. Uh, easier to move around. You know, on your place, you don't need the big low boys, the big semis, but uh takes a little bit longer to get it done. But there has been a step up in that the bigger track hoe, what I call a track hoe, the excavators, uh, dozers, uh, you know, crawlers, they're, they're really, there's a lot of guys doing that. And a lot of it is because, you know, the guys that own them and do that for a living can't service everybody in that fall time when the, right. when the fall needs it. So that's, that's where some of it's been picked up. And if they're doing any amount of it, it sure, it, it would pay to maybe have your own. Yeah, that's an issue of what you're talking about that I've seen more and more where you've got, uh, You've got the timing issue where, you know, uh, the farm operator says, I want to get this done. Well, the three excavators that they normally do business with are slammed. So that's why it justifies doing that stuff. Skid loaders. 
My brother, the dairyman, once made the point that we never had as much of a problem with surplus dairy products in this country until um, you, skid loaders became ubiquitous on America's dairy farms because it made you so much more productive and it made the work easier. Instead of it being completely backbreaking, it was only partially backbreaking. Right. Uh, skid loaders moving well? Yeah. Again, good ones. Uh, we recently had an auction uh, with a skid loader on it. Maybe didn't bring what it what we felt it should be where it should be but again some of it is its size uh you know it, it needed some uh needed some tires on it and then tires are a big issue so that hurt it some uh you know but the skid loader it's like the forklifts now too uh if you don't have one you wonder when you get one you wonder how you got along without it you know it's a it's a deal I, I have that I put on the front of my utility tractor, and I've been doing that for a long time out here at this farm, and all the repairs and all the stuff that you do, even putting a skid on it, then you can get up and, and do high stuff. It's almost used like a scissors lift. Um, I, I wondered exactly, how did I get by without these forks for so long? Uh, and then you talked about combines. Combines are hot again. And I, I swear, I remember that there was a situation where we thought we had overproduced new combines and we had glutted the market. And you're telling me that doesn't seem to be the case. They're, they're, the movement is still fine. Well, I, you know, it was tough getting those new combines out to the producers for a while because we couldn't get the technology from China or wherever the story was on that. Uh, I think, you know, there's, they maybe scaled back, I think a little bit on the producing of them, of the, of the combines. So that's helped us a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, the new combines, when you're talking half a million dollars and it's, it's a, it's a, a quite an experience, even for the guys running a lot of acres. I've seen a lot of guys that run, we're uh, trading every year. And maybe it's now it's every yeah. two years. Right, right. Uh, I'm not sure a million dollars, half a million dollars would, would grab you a new uh a new no, company. no, no, not with not not set up with both heads and ready to go. No, yeah. no. Okay, and then the one area that you see softening, you said sprayers a little bit soft. And so in the used market, the only er the areas of softness are where? I would say that the uh single use sprayers, in other words, the uh yeah, the, the just a sprayer. Uh, there's a lot of variance in those on what, what you have and what you need. We're looking at a lot of foliage, uh, you know, foliage, uh, spraying over the top. Some of the sprayers aren't tall enough for that. So that's kind of softened that market up there a little bit too, I think, Damien. And you said the planting equipment, you, you know, I did a segment with the extreme ag guys and there's this obsession that you've got to have new farmers love to go and kick the bricks, you know, go to the farm machine show in Louisville and thank God they're just, there's just like, like little kids at a candy land walking around down there. Well, right. um, Kelly, Kelly Garrett has a combine that's uh, 11 years old and, but it's been updated and retrofitted a couple of times with the modern technology. So you actually could make the case for buying a used planting piece of equipment, as long as you put the right updates on it. Right. And I think that's what, when, when you're talking about, they go to the farm shows and they, they look at these planters with all the updates and the seed firmers and the inroads and the uh, electric clutches or the clutches in it and everything, you know, for point rows and everything. I think they look at that and say, Hey, how can I put this on my existing planner? Mm -hmm. You know, it's sitting at that farm show with an on a new planner. Can I make this work on my planner or is it something that I'm going to have to update with my, 
to a new planter. And and as and to your point, it's uh, the planters are actually planters and are holding up okay at the farm sales. Yeah, yeah, and you know a planter. Uh, well, you know, we've got the, the bulk fill from the row, you know, fill in every row has made some of that a change. You know, again, it depends on the acreage, but uh, a lot of the guys like to fill that bulk tank and not have to worry about every row. It makes it a little faster filling. What about uh, grills? You talk about planting equipment. You know, 30 years ago or so, uh, there was a lot of more drill drilled beans and, and drilling going on. And it seems to me that unless you're... Um, I'm guessing you don't see that many of them anymore. No, we don't see a whole lot of them. But if we do, there's some. There's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of interest in for a couple of reasons. A lot of guys, you know, uh, doing waterways, doing turn strips, buffer strips. Also, the interseeding, you know, where we go in, or the, you know, for the cover crop. Mm-hmm. That's made a huge come. Made it for a huge comeback for those drills. Uh, they, you know, we don't get one in. If we get one in, there's a lot of interest in it. Okay. And then does that, it, it generally are no-till, so to be no-till drills, or does that matter? Uh, doesn't seem to matter a whole lot. Guys will take the extra time, get it put in, you know, the, with a, with incorporated or get it worked out beforehand in the fall. Uh, yeah, they, it doesn't seem to matter a whole bunch. A no-till is just a little bit of a bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, what, did I, what did I not ask about? Oh, uh, you talked about tillage equipment. Um, it seems to me that, uh, one third of all the farmsteads in America have an old, uh, an old style moldboard plow sitting around and they should have, they should have gone to an auction and then there was no more demand for them except for the scrapyard. Uh, is tillage equipment, are you seeing as much of it with, I would like to think that we're doing less tillage, which is good for the ground. So that means there should be less used tillage equipment coming around or having demand for it. What are you saying? Yeah, I think there is a little bit less for that, but some of the the fall equipment that we use, you know, maybe the detail with the disc on it, or you know, or something like that that we can get done in the fall, doesn't put as much pressure on the spring. You still, a lot of guys think, hey, we still got to tear that up two, three years, you know, get get something worked out. So the the that fall tillage equipment has been pretty pretty sustained, pretty good. I'm I'm generally of the opinion that there should never be such a thing as fall tillage being done, but uh, it's not it's it's not me that's paying fifteen thousand dollars for the acre of ground to let it to, to plow it up and let it wash away. So what the hell yeah. do I? Um, what thing do I not ask about? What what thing is happening? You're in there. You're on the auction block, or you're in the ring. What uh, what thing are you seeing that I've forgotten to ask? Well, I think some of the things that that we touch on or that we think about on the auction is a lot of the online auctions. Uh, it, it's, it's a great, it's a great aspect to have an online auction, but when we have our auctions, we usually have it in person and online at the same time. And, uh, we've got a lot of guys that, you know, they still like to kick the tires and feel the steel. We call it, you know, they like to be out there and, and seeing that piece and they'll drive some pretty good distances just to see that because we are still live yep. and on right. the internet, the internet has helped us big on it. I know down that end, but uh, I know our recent, one of our recent auctions, I think we only had a, of the bigger pieces of equipment. We probably only had about 15 to 20% that weren't sold on the ground. 
yeah so yeah. only 15 to 20 percent were uh, internet the rest of them were people that were right there you know i'm kind of an old i'm a traditionalist like this i mean it's one thing to go on amazon and buy uh you know a pair of slippers but i'm not sure that i'd want to do the online auction thing i i also have been to auctions and uh i i told myself i'm not gonna bid against the phone uh you know i just i just don't feel right about that i'm like i don't know this guy might over here just be calling time and temperature and pretending he's talking to a bidder so i'm not sure i'm gonna do that okay so uh from the auction standpoint you're still seeing a lot of in person uh you still see a, a lot of action and uh it's it's not as though it's uh it's not as though there's a softening right now in and where you are so yeah we're coming into generally a lot more of this stuff happens between about what november and uh, march yeah we'll, we'll start picking up here in september october you know that'll it'll it'll taper off a little bit during harvest for us at that time and you know november december we'll get some you know after the first of the year even we'll get some interest in some selling some stuff if they're looking if they're getting close to being ready to retire or changing something or you know things like that that's the last question I got for you. There's been discussion for since I was a child about the aging American farmer, and then there's the consolidation thing. And so then the question is, okay, are we really going to see this thing where a whole bunch of older, smaller equipment gluts the market? And it's I've I've been hearing about it for a long time, but it seems as though it's it's not ever been a real thing, is it? You know, the older the older stuff, uh, like, uh, for instance, I, I still have a 4240 John Deere. Uh, now we're getting into that where that's where somebody wants to redo it, you know, <laughs> polish it like the one they have, have it restored, you know, and uh, that's kind of a neat thing. And it also goes back to those are also popular for that acreage guy. <laughs> Maybe he wants to have a few cattle maybe still need something to level off the yard and move this clip, clip, yeah, clip, clip the pastures the, the, you bet you, you the bet. person with 40 acres in the country and a, and a and a dream and a job in town still needs uh so they can buy that what you're talking about it's like a 40 year old cab tractor you bet yeah yeah and that's helped that market and you also get those older fellas in there that want to have they maybe had one their dad had one or they yeah. used <laughs> one at one time yeah you know the <laughs> sentimental issue sentimental value is 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 still good and, and strong in the auction business so a 1967 i think it would be or 68 oliver 1850 uh we had on the farm growing up i've said that i'm going to buy one of those uh for sentimental reasons because i was that's where part of my hearing went was on that oliver 1850 <laughs> the problem is uh that means i got to keep one more thing running so I'm, i've stayed out of the sentimental market for that purpose right right and finding that 1850 oliver right now might be a tough part you know they're they're, they're they weren't made for a whole long time and it's been a long time since they were made so the, you know if you can find one and the old saying is you're going to drive your wheels off boys to find one holds true <laughs> Yeah, but now that I know that you're an auction guy and you like to sell stuff, you'll be calling me next week saying, Damien, you wouldn't believe it. But guess what? I just I just I guess what I just consigned. I just consigned an auction and all over 1850. All I'll right. tell you what, Damien, that's my job right there. That's right. That's right. So I'll have one. I'll have a flatbed pulling in here with a 55 year old tractor here in another few days. All right. His name is Jeff Willie. We're talking about what we're seeing out there. So I guess that's our parting shot. Is there anything else I need to know? You said, go ahead and you think buy now you you're, you're, uh, you're not just saying that because you're the auctioneer, but, but seriously, one year from now, I know none of us have a crystal ball. 
you think these numbers hold up one year from now on the use? If they if they do fall off, Damien, it's not going to be a really, really drastic fall off. You know, I think maybe if our interest rates tick up again, or it depends on where you're at again, if your numbers are down, maybe your yield isn't quite as good, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you thought, that may hurt it some. But uh, you, you, you still need to keep updated, you, you know, they and it's cheaper than new. His name is Jeff <laughs> Dua's Auction Service out of Wellman, Iowa. I suppose you could look them up at Dua's Auction Service. I suppose they have a website. Yeah. We do have a website, yep. All right, go to find Dua's, D-U-W-A, Dua's Auction Service. Uh, this episode was brought to you by our good friends over at Loveland Products. Make sure you check out all the cool stuff they have. His name's Jeff Willie. My name's Damian Mason. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Damian. Always a pleasure. We'll do this again in another year. We'll see if your predictions are right. Until next time. I don't know if I like that idea. Until next time, this is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.